0: Welcome back to WGB podcast episode 2. I'm Francis. I'm Maya. And I'm Riley. We're here with a special guest today.
1: Mr. Moreno.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first we just want to hear your initial thoughts on episode 1 of our podcast.
1: Oh, okay. So first I want to say, uh... uh, What's the word? Uh, Motivated, because I mean student voice is extremely important, as you know. And so to hear you advocate for yourselves and what's happening in the classroom, I don't think we as teachers do that enough. And the fact that you three are able to do that, um, I'm just amazed by it. I think it's really, it's great. I think we need to do this more often. So, thank you.
0: Shout yeah. out to Mr. No
1: script, nothing. No, awesome. it's
2: it's off the dome. So, do you have any like critiques to like solution you proposed, or like do you think that what we said was reasonable?
1: I think you had very reasonable points about uh, the project and the test, and if you know some of the points you said, like if I spend so many hours studying for this AP test, and maybe someone else didn't because they're not taking the test. How is that fair when everyone has to do the same amount of work for the project? So. I, I think um, it was pretty compelling, yeah. So I was talking to Ms. Uh, Hamilton. We might uh, change a couple of things. And one thing that we talked about, which didn't get in the podcast, I think is important to know that first semester, all three of you did it, well, the class, did a significant research paper. Remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And yes. everybody did that. It was very, very difficult. Right. Ms. Hamilton wasn't here first semester. So the difference in the workload for the semester project for this one is a little bit different because she needs to see their type of research that they do. For you guys, I already know, we did our first semester research paper, which all three of you did wonderful, by the way. Thank
0: you, I got an A on that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this semester project was more of, kind of like tying the the, the ribbon
0: on top so of So would you say paper. this project? Because you guys did work together on it, right?
1: This one, we yeah, so. I
0: knew it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so this is this is so funny because actually that semester project, um, when she wasn't here, I developed a whole project last year.
0: See, Mr. Renner, you can be independent.
1: <laughs> and then this year, And then this year we collaborated together. So, you know, I think the collaboration part, I could see how maybe with teaching styles it can be difficult. I would
0: say that like that and the project from last semester, so I was like technically our midterm, right? So that, which you did all by yourself, I think was really great. And I think that was actually probably my favorite assignment or, like, essay we had to do. The research paper. Yes. I think that was, yeah. like, it was a bigger workload than I think the other ones. And it was my longest essay, but I think I performed the best on it. But I think it's because of your teaching. And,
1: and honestly, the research paper is going to, is actually a better, a bigger skill, in my opinion, you're going to develop in your life. Right. Than... NAP test. Exactly. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to be fair, Miss Hamilton was not here for a semester, so she wasn't here to develop that skills with her class. That's why for this project, their class looks a little bit different, if that makes sense. But
3: so why did you guys decide to then collaborate on this project? Because she's looking and asking for something different from her students than you are from us. Well,
1: no, the requirements are a little bit different, right? Okay. So like the annotated bibliography, this, and like the time. So I know, for example, I think in hers, it's like a 15-minute requirement. In our class, it's five minutes. Okay. We have five entries, whereas they have 10. So there, that's why there's a discrepancy in terms of... The work.
2: So, know. what about like other assignments we've had throughout the year? Because let's be real, Mr. Morrow, we
0: see Miss Hamilton's <laughs> bitmoji
3: <right? laughs> <laughs> on oh, oh, the end of those <laughs> assignments. So, you know, Miss
0: Hamilton on I, the top. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: have bitmojis too. I don't Where know are they? I we've never that. seen no, them. Okay, I will show this. to you. I don't know. So, for the game times and our essays and the work, we do work together a lot. And I think to the benefit of students,
3: to, mm. in, in our opinion, okay. in our well, opinion. in their opinion,
1: yeah. So I know Miss Hamilton's not here; she's teaching at the moment. But it's it's beneficial in terms of if you're a teacher, you're kind of like on a lonely island a lot of times. You don't necessarily know that um, because you guys have each other. But as teachers, if you notice, we're all in our separate silos, you know, right. in classrooms. So. There's been times where we're looking, I'm looking at an essay and I'm not sure what the score would be. Right. And since we're doing the same curriculum, I collaborate with her. Like, can you look at this? Since we're doing the same thing, can you look at this and make sure if I'm right? Is this a three or a four, in your opinion? So I've actually even showed some of your essays to show her, like, okay, this is my four, this is my five. And she would do the same thing. So, in that behind the scenes, even though you don't see that, you know, it's kind of like the hardware behind But
0: could her opinion influence you into giving us a lower score?
1: I don't think it's like that. I think it's more of we have a strict rubric. Our rubric is aligned with the AP College Board, and they have their own essays they look at. So it's just an extra place of support to make sure that we're fair.
2: Right. I actually you know? disagree with that because your sophistication point is very different than the AP requirement for it. So our sophistication point is like really hard to get. You call it the unicorn point yourself. You know it's hard to get. I myself have received one. I don't even know why, first of all. Yes. But it's also very different than the AP rubric because the AP rubric, to get sophistication, you just have to mention a counter-argument and you get the point automatically, and that's where it differs. So
0: in our class, we think it's so incredibly hard to get this fifth point when in reality it's not. I think that you implementing the actual College Board standard would get your essays from threes to fours.
1: So, a little context here about sophistication. I think first semester, the grading scale, in order to get an A on an essay, you would have to meet sophistication, which listening to students, I think that was not clear. Yeah. Even in the AP exam, and the, you know, the unicorn point, a lot of people call it that because in itself is, is somewhat ambiguous and I think College Board would agree it is somewhat ambiguous. So to change the grading scale where sophistication now is only that difference between like an A and A plus, I think it's much uh, more equitable and fair. To get that A you gotta have a thesis, you have to have appropriate evidence, appropriate commentary and line of reason, you mm-hmm. know, to get that A. I think that's way better scale because students and teachers could clearly see why you get that point, point or don't get that point. Sophistication is called that, and to, for, for clarification, counter-argument is one way you could get sophistication, um, but there's other ways. They have nuance, tension uh, between ideas, um, bringing it in a greater context. Those are all different ways you could get sophistication. I think College Board would attest sometimes they don't know what sophistication is, <laughs> and so why am I gonna punish students?
0: that. Yeah, Mr. Meno, why?
1: Yeah, so I did it. Right? <laughs> so I did it. So you could get you could get a 95% essay and not have sophistication. Because you have yeah, a thesis. Correct. Evidence. Commentary and line of reasoning. Because if you know how to do it, you know how to do it. Like, So yeah. Okay. So you're right. First semester, I put sophistication as a qualification for an A, which I think was unfair. <laughs> what I ended up doing first semester, um, actually I reviewed the game times and I stopped looking for sophistication to qualify for a day. Mm-hmm. I did it more of if you have these major components. There's four major components right. thesis, evidence, line of reasoning, and commentary. Right. So that's what I ended up doing. But it wasn't necessarily on the paper because I already gave you that rubric. So I, I was already doing that work mm-hmm. um, for that. So you weren't harmed for it.
0: Okay, good. And
1: yeah. we have the great contract, right?
3: So I think Francis's question was. Since in the second semester, you stopped looking for sophistication as a requirement for an A, if you had done that in the first semester, would our grades have been different? Because a lot right. of our essays had, I mean. like, I had resulted in a B, but if I,
0: if you had not been looking for that sophistication point for an A, would I have gotten an A? Yeah, that's right. what set me back all the time. The only reason I wasn't getting forced was because I didn't have sophistication. Yeah.
1: Right, so yeah. what ended up happening is if someone got a B first semester, it's not necessarily because they didn't have sophistication, but because they were missing one of the four compo- components. Oh, okay, oh. okay, I get Business, you now. Evidence, so that was by rhetorical. Reasoning.
0: But by so, the time we had done rhetorical, that's what you were. Going yeah,
1: through. and then and and then, in your comments, when I did comments for you in your essays, I pretty much didn't mention sophistication. Okay. You got to be because possibly maybe the evidence wasn't there or wasn't appropriate okay. or something was missing in like the reasoning or
3: yeah see, so I don't think you, it was like mentioned to us that you weren't looking for sophistication at least I don't remember like you mentioned that we, you weren't looking for sophistication, so in my mind if I didn't get an a I thought it was because I didn't have yeah
1: and then you're right and then I saw we some, just need
0: more specifications yeah right?
1: and on second semester I changed that yeah, yeah. exactly and I think like when, like what Maya said a lot of it was just I saw a lot of people put in a counter argument wanting to get sophistication, and then getting Bs. And and there was a lot of frustration about that. So, and I think in the AP test, too, there's sometimes this idea of, like, what can I do to get the point?
3: Right.
1: When it's difficult, because I always say, like, the points aren't the point. The point is, you know, learning.
3: Right, and that makes sense, Mr. Runo, but... It comes down to we're taking the A P test and we need those points. That's what we're here to learn, that's what we need to learn Right, about. so
1: how can I use those points in a way that you understand, I understand to improve?
3: So me per- how much are, how much
2: is an AP exam? I don't have a fee waiver, so I don't pay yeah, five bucks for my test. Me I too. Paid we so all pay ninety seven. And when I'm taking an A P class, I'm looking to pass that A P test with hopefully a four or a five. And that means that I have to pass by getting those points. And I feel like it's great to learn these like life skills like you're trying to teach us for like preparation for college and stuff like that. But at the expense of my AP test grade, I would not want to do that. I feel like the research paper in first semester was fine because we had time before the test and everything like that. But in terms of second
0: semester, I feel like teaching to the book of getting those points is what really is most important. I agree with that. I think the first semester, yeah, you're implementing what we have to like, what kind of essays we have to do. And of course the MCQs, but I think that is like a good way to prep us for like the workload we're going to have to like know how to do on the spot. Mm-hmm. But you should focus in the second semester on making sure we know how to do it within the time and like all of that.
1: Right. So I guess my question is, cause I felt like I did that. Where did I not do that?
0: Okay. Oh. Sorry. I was <laughs> <laughs> just Because we, we didn't, didn't do the research paper right. for
3: second semester. Second semester we did some game times, but there was some essays like the practice ones you were having us do, like as like the mock AP writing tests. Yeah. And you did set at first I've heard this from a couple of people, I don't want any names, so <laughs> <laughs> <That>. <laughs> it's, it's Francis and I and then like some other random people is you set like a forty minute time limit, because that's about the time we have forty five minutes for, for each Four essay. Eight. And you would set that first. And then, like, about halfway through, you're like, I'll give you 20 extra minutes. And then, then, so then, it's just like, it's making this, like, we're trying to write this amount in, like, a short period of time, and you keep extending the time, and that's not what they want although maybe some people are like, I need more time, but you have to be like strict, because this is what we need to learn and how we need to write on the AP test. So if on the AP test, we're not gonna go halfway through, I'm gonna give you 20 extra minutes. I
1: I actually love this question, and I think this is where the tension comes in for me as an educator. Or you could go back and Google Classroom and see this, because the first game time we did in second semester was timed. It was very strict, like cut it off. Right. Right. And um, the weekend happened and I got some messages from other students talking about how doing these time game times is a demotivator in terms of what they want to do in terms of showing their skills. And me personally, I feel like anything timed in all the research shows is not a good indication of how much you know or how well you know. So we do live in this world where, you're right, it's timed. So like me as an educator, like where do I land? And the research paper is a great example. That type of work takes so much time and development. I some of you went to, you know, university libraries and to, it was amazing. But that is not forty five minutes.
3: Right. Okay. But I don't think that's the issue. It's like that the game time I think the issue was is that the game time was graded. And so maybe that's where you don't want to have the timed essay, but we had those practice essays that we did closer to the AP test that you had put a time on them and then extended that time. I think those ones that are ungraded, like officially like in gradebook, should be like strictly timed, and the game time should be a little bit more free and open.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: I also, I feel like there's, there's
2: multiple solutions to this issue because the fact is we need to get used to the time limit. Yes. Right. And it is inequitable Like what you were saying, like we don't perform our best when we have a time limit. So like what Riley was saying, we should have these practice time tests that aren't exactly um, like graded, put in the grade book and stuff like that. But what we could do is like we have these practice tests that are timed strictly. And then once we finish that practice test, we get it graded like how you would like how an AP reader would grade that. Right. And then (coughs) when we do these like when we do the retakes, uh... I think... What we can do is we expand on that, so it doesn't become like rewriting your entire essay and making it better. It becomes you get you getting that time to expand your essay and oh then yeah. having it graded for grade book. Like that's a good it,
1: idea.
2: I feel like it also comes down to like some students and their performance in general because I know for me I didn't do a single retake this year because I was comfortable yeah. with my grade and my yeah. performance in this class, right. and that's why it's important for. If you want a better grade, then it should be optional for you to, for example, like we were saying, do the final to raise your grade up, which we see now is like, an equity issue, and we already have a solution to that, which we mentioned in our podcast, if you were
1: listening. (laughs) In episode one. In episode Episode one. one, if, If you guys were paying attention,
2: it was episode one. So, we have a solution to that, but I'm just saying, like, instead of a retake being like, oh, you get to rewrite your essay, it should be you're expanding on your original thoughts and refining them. Yeah. So a
1: completely new essay, but the same thoughts.
3: Or
2: not a completely
0: new essay. You're just you taking the essay you have your... and, like, revising it right. and adding on you're to it. You're just fixing what you didn't do right.
1: I, I Honestly, I love that.
0: Well, Mr. Mreno, you didn't love it when that's what I asked to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and this is, again, the tension, because as we got closer, when, in that particular case, as we got closer to the AP test, you're not going to be revising it
3: yeah you can't revise it
1: so how can i how can i better prepare you as we get there is give you a whole new prompt yeah you know yeah so it's a good question you bring it up to me in terms of being intentional about well the game times maybe are different game times you could revise right and then when we're practicing for the ap you just get a new prompt because yeah. that's the way it's going to be for those conditions. Yeah. But I, I really like this because, yeah, I really want know what you think. If, if the reality of the world, right, is you're, you're how long you deeply analyze something and work with other people, those are the skills you actually need. As opposed to how much can you think and write something in 45 minutes, which I would say, I guess it's a good skill, but that type of field I feel like is not happening as much. Where do you land on this?
2: I feel like it's just about maintaining that balance in the classroom. Yeah. Like, for what's graded, we get time to revise and we get time to actually spend on it, but what what's not graded gives us that strict deadline so that we can understand our practices. Do
1: you feel like we should be more, like, as students, critical of the system itself? Or you're like, this is the system, it doesn't matter, we just got to do it. Like, great, you're teaching me this, but... This is the system we live in. I gotta pass this AP test. I gotta get this score in this AP because I gotta get into this college and I do these things. Like, you know, is it more just about the hustle or is it it, it really just a hustle or is it hard to see that? For me, it's
2: it's like a balance. Like, this is the system, and like, we can speak out about it like we are right now on our podcast and like make individual action to change that. But for now, while the system is where it's at, we just have to work with it and then make action to change it. But in Not some, right now. No, we can like make action. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
3: sorry, how? That was, that
2: was uh, no, it's like we can make action to change it. Right now, we're talking about with you. We're changing your system of your classroom, the yeah, the yeah. general system of your classroom. We're, we're talking to you while changing it, but we're also following the guidelines yeah. of the AP test so that we pass our. Yeah. yeah like we yeah. can talk to yeah. our teachers and change it that way, very small and like yeah. actually be beneficial for I see students what you're saying. while preparing ourselves for our A P tests and our college careers and yeah. stuff like that. So it's a mix of both. Like it, And
1: there's the tension, right? I mean we're talking about sophistication. This is all sophistication point. Because that tension <laughs> is hard for us as teachers on how to gauge that. I mean to be honest. I yeah. think
3: it's just something that I think teachers forget, specifically A P teachers forget sometimes, is like these are the cards that we're dealt with. Like this mm-hmm. is just how the system is set up at the moment. Should it change? Yes of course. But is it gonna change absolutely right now at this minute? It's not. Yeah. So right now our focus is to take these AP tests, to take these AP classes, to do these extracurriculars and all these other things on top of, you know, living life to get to that point where you can go to a college, whether it's an Ivy League or a state or, you They're know, a UC. And greater impact
1: for doing that change.
3: Right. Yeah. And, you know, there are some students who are like, I have, like you just mentioned earlier, like, I have to go to a UC, I have to go to an Ivy League because, or else anything I do is not going to matter. Hmm. When, in reality, it's like, as long as you get your degree, you, you can work. Exactly. But there are some places where... People who go to those Ivy Leagues have, like, that bond with other people who go to those schools, even if they've never met each other before. It's just the fact that you went to that school, whether you're, whatever your degree, you majored in art, who cared, you yeah. know? Yeah. As long as you, like, went to that school and you paid and you um, got into debt with, like, those thousands of dollars, like, right. you have that thing and, like, you're more likely to get jobs sometimes just because you went to, like, school. You went to USC, USC compared to if you went, I don't know, San E-Lac. State, <laughs> ELAC, yeah. <laughs> San Diego State. There's nothing and wrong with like It's just, like, that's the fact of the matter right now is just like that's and it's gotten better because I have an older brother and he got into a good school in New York but in the end he dropped out of that school because that's not what he wanted that's not who he was and but that's all he was raised to be right and I think it's just like you know like yeah it just needs to change but it's not I have lots to say right
2: now (laughs) okay you have to take into account okay like This is Alhambra, Mr. Ronald. It's predominantly (laughs) Asian, and you have to take into account culture as well. Yeah. Because my mom will probably skin me alive if I end up at ELAC. It's something that you have to consider because you look at your AP classes, it's predominantly Asian overachiever students that are pushed by our parents to go into all these schools and get the best education that we can. And it may not be what we want, but it's what our culture demands of us. So I'm lucky that I'm half. My dad balances out my mom. But there's other students that are like, you know, they have full-on tiger parents and they have certain demands that has to be met of them. Like, it also has to take into account, like, we have a large immigrant population. These kids are trying to support not only themselves, but their families who were not dealt the cards that we were in America. So it's... You have to take that into account as well, especially when, like, preparing for AP. <laughs> like, for me, like, my mom looks at my grades My when scores come out in July. She's like, oh, what'd you get? She knows what date they're coming out. She knows what time they're coming out. She wants to know what they are. Like, I'm doing all these things. While I'm not the biggest, like, opponent of it, like, it's fine. I'll have these experiences. Like, I want to go to college. I want to go to good college because that's what I've been working for. It's also a culture thing. So it's something that has to be taken into account. Like, I understand that AP tests may be small in that, like, circumstance. Mm-hmm. It's not as big as, like, getting into college. But it's still something that parents look for and it's still something that's very stressed upon, especially with, you know, the Asian population in our school. It's a different overall academic experience than what a teacher may expect.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Like, seriously, like, as a teacher where I'm at, it's much easier for me to, like, question the system and what's happening. As opposed to your really like your daily lives and what's what's being experienced, you know. So, um, what do you think?
0: Um, I would say, like Maya said, the cultural um, impacts. I think the education board itself and like the circumstances and the standards are just not changing, and they're not going to change anytime soon. And it's like very transparent because it's like. Teachers everywhere are trying to change things and it's just nothing is happening. There's no progress being made. And it's like as much as in the classroom you can implement mental health and like consideration for like our well-being, the education board's not going to because their standards are set and they're not going to change. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I really don't think at least now there's anything we can do to change it. Right. And we're just going to have to like suck it up and deal with it and like conform with what society's made it.
1: That's so difficult because... You know, as a teacher, I, I don't just have you three, which are you're amazing. I have You know, you know we're a, doing a, a podcast <laughs> for fun with you,
2: Mr. Reno. I know.
1: The few aspects where I do see sometimes, like the pressure gets to a point where like it's too much. You yes. You know, and I unfortunately I've seen students just break down, right? Because oh
0: yeah. Of this. Blood, sweat, uh-huh. tears, blood, sweat, and tears, Mr.
3: Reno.
1: Yeah, and, and I just, like, at what cost? Twenty-seven like $7.
3: Generally.
1: Well, no, I'm <laughs> talking about, like, your, your personal lives, right? Like, at what cost in terms of your health, you know, mental yeah. health and your physical and health? You know,
2: Mr. Riddell, when you get that 5 in July, it kind of makes up for that fact. Like, it's it's the academic validation that a lot of people strive for. And I feel like...
1: But does it, though? I mean, it, we have just an example here of talking about her brother. You do all the things and you get to a point where you never asked yourself, Okay, now what? Maybe that's not always the case. I know other places, right, where maybe they do all these things and then they question as to, okay, where, like, why? Like, what's my why, you know? Um, and maybe there's no space for that, right, right now? And maybe as teachers, it's, we're in a privileged position to ask that question for you. Um, and maybe you're right in terms of, like, immigrants. You know, my parents are immigrants. It's, you don't have time or space to ask why. You just got to do it.
2: I think it's a lot with, um it might not be exactly your job specifically to find that why. I mean, your job as an English teacher is to, you know, like teach to standards and stuff like that. But I think as a teacher, it's also important for you to push for resources at school that actually help us find that why. Or push students to go and search for it themselves. Like maybe instead of a final project that we have at the end of this second semester, we do like career quizzes and you push for that and I think as a teacher you yourself can also implement in finding that why when we have the time after our AP exams Right, and right, right. I think it also slows the pressure of waiting for that exam score as well yeah because we can look at like you know maybe AP Lang isn't even accepted by the college I want to go to I don't even have to worry about it but I think you yourself as a teacher it's important for you to implement that as well as other teachers who have that time after AP exams right. because we don't have that many resources on campus and it's hard to have a relationship with like the college advisors when they're looking over like hundreds of students right. it's hard to find that specific time but we have you to like discover and explore our options and I think as a teacher you can help us with that right. and in that help us understand that you know our AP scores aren't everything and it is late in the game we're juniors already and we've already taken like AP exams but it's still something
3: useful yeah but I think since you are a you know a teacher who teaches juniors I think it's important that way they have that like preface of like how they're going to go into senior year and they're going to write those applications like I think it's important that they have that kind of idea before they go into senior because a lot of the times I feel like students like scramble to figure out how they're going to do it what they're going to do what they're going to write where they want to go you know and and just all those things yeah
1: I mean that's a good point maybe consider a final project that's more towards
3: like write a PIQ We could write you're still writing an essay, but it's more like preparing you for college college.
2: And you can help us with that when we have you during the school year You can help us revise those essays and get us done even before summer You know what I mean? Because when applications are due in like what December November December a summer and October some are earlier It's it would be so much more beneficial as an English teacher. You're extremely helpful in that case and instead of having a final project, maybe we spend a few weeks writing PIQs. We spend a few weeks researching what, exactly what colleges we want to go to, what we need to like achieve yeah. and stuff like that. Because I feel like if you're – because this is one of the things you're focusing on, right? Like setting us up for college. That's why we do a research paper. That's great. But how about getting to college?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's – I think those are good points. I think maybe considering a final project that's more geared towards like the spe- specifics – about what college you go to and and doing that, I think that's important. But again, it goes back to that tension, right? It goes back to the tension of like going through these hoops that I have to do. Like, do you really want to do, you know, all these tests and all these things that you have to in order to get to the college that you need to get to? Or do you need to develop like who you are as a person or what you need to do to actually, you know? And I think with the current final project, it's more about finding that why to be honest, I think, you guys, I think all three of you know that. And that's the tension. Do I have this final project more geared to finding your why and your passion? Or do I have it more towards the nuts and bolts of like, this is what you need to do to get to this college. What's the flip side of that, right? Like what's on the other side of, okay, I got into Berkeley. Like what's the other side of that? Like what happens at Berkeley? Like, okay, I got into UCLA. Like no one talks about the, next, I, step. the next step, which again, if my parents didn't know that, right? Um, I I know that every teacher here knows that other side or else they wouldn't be here. So that tension is still there, I think, for me as a teacher. But I think you're right. I think maybe I could incorporate maybe not so much as much as the why, but maybe doing the nuts and bolts of what college is, but still incorporating the why. You know, I think that's a good point.
2: I think for like that month and a half after AP exams, that's something you can like work on, like as a teacher, because you want to incorporate both, and we have time to do that. Like, we have yeah. a month and a half, and it's especially next year, it's something you can workshop like three weeks doing like college prep, nuts and bolts, and then the last three weeks, you know, you're doing your podcast about whatever you want and all yeah. that research and stuff yeah. like that. And I think that way, it's the best of both. Worlds.
1: Well, I was just going to say, you know, because that will help me too, because next year in the fall, all of you come to me and be like, look at my PIQs. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it also would help. I just, selfishly it would help it help as well so it's a really good point I like it this is why I like student input because I guess
0: especially like, yeah. from us
1: yeah but you know <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this you know and it's kind of the same thing when we would had cell phones and they're like no we just have cell phones I'm like no the research says no cell phones so I'm not and the research tells you it's not so much about you know where you get in but what you do once you get in
0: yeah
1: and that it's hard to see that on this side right now but it's so important like you know and you have an example there too if you don't know your why it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter what happens if you don't know your why you're going to get to a place where like you will yeah right so why not start asking now Mm -hmm. right Um, but at the same time i also understand the economics of it and like you don't understand this is not just for me this is my family you know, we come from a certain background where, like, this is what I have to do in order to get to this place. Yeah. So, I don't want to um, minimize that because that's big. So, it's good. Thank you. Thank
3: you. You're welcome, Miss morning
1: This podcast is wonderful. I think you should continue doing it. Do you it. follow it? No, I don't, oh, I don't, my God. Oh. He's
0: not even a follower.
1: I don't. Wait, like, you click the plus button? Is that you what just, you do? Yes. Okay, I will do Follow it. show. And I would just say, keep doing this. Keep advocating for yourself. Um student voice is extremely important, and I think the only way we're going to move forward in education is doing it through the voices of youth. And you know, when people say you know kids these days aren't motivated, they don't want to do the work or they don't care, it's obvious that they do, and they just need some voice and solidarity in it. And that's why I just want to say thank you okay
0: you're welcome thank you so much for listening to episode 2 of WGB podcast I'm Francis I'm Maya and I'm Riley
1: oh I'm Mr. (laughs) Renault.
0: thank you so much bye okay Mr. Renault, who do I have a crush on you didn't stop it